All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live. I'm Brent Wallace. He's 13-year NHL veteran defenseman, Mark Mathot, who's been on the IR for about six months. So, uh, Math, can we get an update on your health? I'm moving around better today. Thanks for asking, Wally. Um, I was in the gym this morning doing some band work, so we're, we're, we're getting progress here. It's good. Is the inversion table still being in service? That's that's actually completely and and and, and entirely due to uh, to Pooley, by the way, our guest today. He's the reason I went out on a whim and bought an inversion table. So the the problem is you're not supposed to use it while you're in that acute phase of pain. So it's just <laughs> sitting here collecting dust until I recover a little more. So yeah, it's I'm gonna blame so Pooley for that one. You didn't read that part of the instruction manual is what I'm guessing, right? I did not. And yeah, I own right. it. So that's $400 wasted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll get to that uh, as we get to our guests coming up here shortly. Today's show is always brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. They are Canada's online casino and sports book. Um, and by the way, most, most competitive odds, uh, live daily betting, Canada. Sports Interaction, uh, Canada's leading sports book. And don't forget, tonight is the big game, by the way, the NCAA Final Four. It is Kansas versus UNC. We'll get to that pick a little later in the show because I want to know what Puglia has to say. Uh, as always, huge show, huge, huge show lined up. We have the voice of reason here to sort it all out. Um, of course, our guest is brought to you by the cool, refreshing taste of Whitewater beer. Uh, try their new Kiwi Lime Sour flavor. Uh, use the code WAM-FUNKYFRESH for 15% off uh, when you go to shopwhitewater.ca. Uh, you can get it at the LCBO, but why do that when you have the lovely uh, ordering that you can do. And also don't forget, you can do home delivery. That is um, Whitewater, the official beer of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Dave Poulin will be here in just a moment. But Meth, uh, before all that starts, I know you were at the game on the weekend. Uh, it was an emotional time and a big win, obviously, uh, at the same time. Just tell me what the atmosphere was like as you were in the building. Yeah, it was great, Wally. And, and I think, um, I mean, the timing right now, right? The last couple games... Yeah. Uh, two couple games ago, 17,000 people in the building, finally after some uh, pretty dismal numbers as far as attendance goes. And then um, yesterday, of course, I was covering the game and, and, and I think there was over 15,000 fans in the building. So really good atmosphere. Um, the, the ceremony that the Senators had put on for 
Eugene Melnick was was terrific, very classy. Um, I love the the tie to his you know his Ukrainian lineage, of course, too. And now yeah. with everything that's going on around the world and the Ukrainian national anthem being played in the building, it tied in very nicely. And we all know what we all know what Eugene did for the team and the organization. So um, it, it was great. It was very classy, and the fans were behind it. It was emotional, uh, and the Sens did a great yeah. job with it. Yep, certainly an interesting time. Um, and so much going on. I can't imagine the atmosphere when you're seeing guys score hat tricks, all that stuff, right? We've had, and I know we obviously weren't in Detroit when Matthew Joseph had his four-point night, but then you've got Josh Norris with his hat trick the other night. Um, it's always fun to see when these guys are lighting it up the way they are. Yeah, they are. And and, and I mean, it's, it's, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with Pooley, but Norris doesn't seem to let up at all. I mean, this man is just a scoring yeah. machine. Even <laughs> even those whiffing burgers that he has on the on that in that little area that he has where he might fan on a shot and he's still finding a way. I mean, I'm I hope he can continue this pace. I hope it continues into next season. Um, everything just seems to be going his way right now from that area. I hope that turns into his office and he doesn't slow down. Uh, but I said that on the broadcast. I, I mean, the ability to be a scoring threat right there opens more up opens more time and space up for the rest of the guys on the ice. So I remember I can tie him into a player like Kucherov. I'm reluctant to say Ovechkin. That was a different beast. But players, Tarasenko is another guy that are those trigger yeah. men from that same spot. You have to respect it. It drives defenders crazy. It's hard to play against. Um, so they've got a good thing going right now in Josh Norris. But the best part of this whole thing, it's the same with Kucherov and Tarasenko and even Ovechkin, you know they're not passing the puck. You know they're yeah. shooting this puck. And again, it's just going right by goalies. Like it's, I have nowhere near that skill level, and it's impressive just to watch it play out. Like well, I don't know used, how what that's like on the ice, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we used to play like so when we would when we would play against Ovechkin as an example because he had been doing it longer than all these other players that we're mentioning. We would almost at times cater to him completely and have a player stand right next to him. So you're essentially playing a four on three on the PK, but even that created fits, right? Because you're not really used to playing yeah. that style with an extra two players off to the side. So it can create a bit of nightmare for a lot of guys, but in any case um, it's adjustments that you have to make on the ice. And it's a great weapon that the Ottawa senators have. Uh, quickly, before we bring in Pooley, uh, you've now watched Hamannick and Delzato play. I guess, what are your thoughts seeing them on the ice live? Uh, has Did Hamannick live up to the expectations that you've had for him? Yeah, he has. Um, you know, for me right now, I was I was hard on him initially. And I still, you know, I, I, I still need to see a little bit more. I knew that he was going to come. Anytime, I'll put it this way. I'll simplify it. Anytime you come in as a new player in a new organization, you're seeing it with all these guys. It almost happens all the time. Where you go to yeah. a new place and you're running on sheer adrenaline. You saw, you're seeing it with yep. Nick Paul in Tampa. You're seeing it with Matthew Joseph in Ottawa right now. This isn't the production that you're going to get from these players consistently over the next couple of years. This is entirely um, sort of, and, and, and that's not me shitting on them by any means, by the way. I'm very content with all those trades. I thought the trade between Paulie and, and, and Joseph was terrific. Uh, but yep. for me right now, when it comes to Hamannick, he's playing simple. So I don't want to compare him to the other guys as far as getting points. I like his compete level. He's playing hard hard to play against. He's playing physical. He's making those simple little passes. I'm a fan of where his game's at right now. If he can continue that way, I don't have higher expectations than that. Just just stay the course. He'll be a very good asset for this team moving forward in the next season. It is fun to watch. Also, did you see your good friend Jean-Gabriel Pajot with the hat trick? And then the guy who throws a hat and he catches it on the tip and the toe of his stick? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's part of the game, right? So um, some of these guys have some skill sets that that can carry in. And um, for me right now, broad picture, uh, I like the way the team's been playing lately. We've been writing them off in our um, sports yeah. interaction uh, posts when we're doing these predictions. I'm starting to think I'm going to have to start betting on them a little more. And this is very reminiscent to last season where they went on that little heater for the last 20 games. So I hope yep. this isn't just one of those situations where they're playing well because there's no pressure. We'll have that conversation with Dave here in a moment. And speaking of Pooley, uh, I'd like to welcome, I guess, I mean, he's an NHL analyst on TSN, a guest columnist for the Toronto Star, 13 seasons National Hockey League, a Selkie Award winner, Broad Street Bully captain. He can pretty much answer all our questions. 
so Pooley, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You know, um, I, I briefed a subject that I wanted to get to you. And when I reached out to you guys last week, I was thinking, when you guys started up, right, you start this podcast and it's all brand new and you don't really know, like, who are we going to get as guests? Then you become so big time that guests start calling you guys and saying, <laughs> hey, do you, do you think I can get on the show here? Like, like, what do I have to do to get on the show again here? And so I was thinking back to uh, my days at Notre Dame and I was best friends with the baseball coach. And we had a big time program at Notre Dame. We were number one in the country. And some guys that you may not think played there, Craig Council played there, Kevin Biggio played there. Uh, Troy Mancini, that's with the Orioles, now the slugger with the Orioles. Brad Lidge, the big closer, Jeff Samarja. So we had a lot of ball players, And so he makes this decision that he's going to have a kickoff every year in January. And with $25, you're going to get hot dogs, popcorn, a guest speaker, but you're going to get a season ticket. So he sells like 2,500 season tickets. And he gets, because his first guest speaker is Tommy Lasorda. Close family friend, big deal, Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> the second year, he gets his other great best friend, the general manager of the Cubs, Jim Henry. Sells out again. So he's got this great season ticket base. The third year, Brad Lidge is pitching in Houston. He brings Roger Clemens with him. Wow. So it's like, okay, people are calling Paul to be the guest speaker at his January baseball banquet. So he's like, okay, what am I going to do in the fourth year? <laughs> so the fourth year rolls around. He gets a call right out of the blue. Uh, Paul, this is John Grisham. Paul's like, yeah. He goes, hey, listen, I got a son that plays ball at Virginia, and I know you have these big baseball, you know, kickoff dinners. And do you have a speaker yet this year? I'd like to come and speak at. So <laughs> there's my list for you guys. You got people calling your show now to come on their show. It's great. Oh, well, that's awesome. See, the, one of the problems I have is I don't like to reach out to guys that much and like I'm bothering people. So when you and I were chatting, I was so uh, thankful that you offered up uh, to come on the show. And that's the one thing I appreciate about you. You made my life a lot easier by saying I would love to do this. <laughs> hey, I get to do it. See, they got to speak at the baseball dinner. I get to come on your show. <laughs> well, and we are fortunate. So uh, there's one question I, I need to ask before we get into the send stuff. When you're captain of the Philadelphia Flyers in the heyday and all that, like, did you ever pay for anything in Philadelphia? Did I or do I still? Oh, <laughs> even do you still own the town? <laughs> if you go it. back just enough, you can't go back the time. But now I have a granddaughter there, so. They're going to be seeing a lot of me now in the next little while because uh, I got a new one down there to visit on a regular basis, besides my daughter and son-in-law, of course. Um, it was a pretty good town. The, the, the main thing was, Wally, we won. Like, we won all the time. Yeah. And that, you know, I was so fortunate. I mean, I, in, in 13 years, I went to the final four six times and the finals three times. Like, I was so used to winning, made the playoffs every year. And Philadelphia, when you win, it's a really good town. And, you know, I was following a guy, and I was always careful to say I was following him. I wasn't replacing him, and that was Bobby Clark as the team captain. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it had such a – it had a unique bond with the fans. It just did. It's a blue-collar town in, in many ways, and it was a blue-collar team, and, and we connected with the town. So I should use your name is what you're saying. Well, it's funny you say that. We have great friends. He still uses my name for dinner reservations. And it still works. And they're always like, That's they, get, they get to dinner. And they're like, is Dave coming to dinner? Yeah, you know, I think, we, I think he's going to be a little bit late. But <laughs> <laughs> On it. I love oh. it. Perfect. I'm using you every time I can. Um, we watched the Sens on the weekend. Light it up against Detroit in back-to-back -back games. The one thing I want to get to right away, and that is because you're the you've been a captain, so I want to talk to you about captaincy and what it's like. And we saw Brady Kachuk. They finished the afternoon game, goes home. He's still in his dress clothes. He's out playing street hockey on the weekend. I love it. Um, right? Like, can you explain what this guy 
can mean to this community and what it is to have a leader such now i don't mean to be i'm not trying to lead you into these questions i just i haven't mm-hmm. been able to find anything so far brady kachuk has done wrong no he's done everything wrong including signing a long-term contract and and that's significant really significant yeah. um you've got your guy i mean that's the bottom line is you've got your guy and he's going to be the foundation and he brings such an element to that team you know if you say well you know is your captain is he the leading scorer what is he he brings everything to the game and he brings others in with him i mean that's what's so critical you don't have a choice when you're on a line with him you're involved in the game and you know because he's going to do something and and you're going to be a part of it whether you like to or not and that is such a great quality and there's nothing fabricated about him that is a real guy i mean you know he didn't it wasn't a press opportunity to go out and play street hockey with the kids he wanted to play street hockey with the kids and that's that's just really cool i think you've got a long-term guy there and it's a great foundation to build a team around and he from anybody comes in new they're going to have no choice and when we were a really good team in philly guys it was assimilation you came to that locker room and you either fit or you didn't. And if you didn't, it wasn't gonna work. And we did everything we could to make you fit, but there were still guys that didn't. By their choice, doesn't work. And mm. he's gonna make sure that everybody gets a chance to, but if they don't, you don't wanna be a part of something special, that's fine, just go your way and you know do something else. Mm. I mean, he is such an interesting character to watch because he's young, nobody, and when they do that with young captains, you don't know how that's going to play it, whether it's going to be really good or really bad. And I can, I mean, obviously there's McDavid and there's uh, Crosby and Steve Eisman, but like he seems to have learned right away how to be that leader. Is, is it as obvious to you who's been a captain to understand what he's been going through? It is. Um, what I worry about is all the off ice things for a captain. And some of the things that I went through I mean, I went through the death of a teammate in Pelle Lindbergh and a eulogy and, and things that should never be asked of a young player or a young captain. Um, but so much happens off the ice. You've got to have a core group around you. I mean, things happen with guys in the locker room. It might be between two guys. It might be, you know, extended past that. And you've got to handle things that you have no idea. You might be handling a relationship between a player and a coach. You might be handling a relationship between a player and assistant coach. You know, um, there's all different things that you don't see that are on his plate. That's what I worry about with a young captain. Uh, You know, it might be an issue with, hey, it might be an issue with someone in the wives lounge. I mean, you just, you you know, you just, and, and if you have to get involved in something like that, man, oh man, that's a lot to ask of a young guy. And he's a special young guy. I, I believe that. And, I think growing up in the household he did has a lot to do with it. And I, I also think, you know, I think of, that, of their sister who was a big time lacrosse player. And I think of her cutting through the kitchen to get to the fridge and having to get by both Matthew and Brady at some point, one's sticking <laughs> his leg out and tripping her, the other's pushing her, you know what I mean? You can just imagine what goes on in that kitchen, right? Yeah. And, yeah. but it all leads to the team aspect of how they were raised. Fair enough. Um, and I'm going to actually, on our Thursday show, we do have Daniel Alfredson uh, as our guest. I'm just going to pump these tires now. And that is, we asked him about Brady Kachuk and about being captain. Uh, here's what he had to say. You talked about being around the room and being around the guys. Obviously, Brady's the captain now. Has there been any dialogue with him whatsoever? And, and, and maybe have you had an opportunity to speak to him about what to expect being a captain at the NHL level? No, I haven't. Uh, I, ha- I haven't uh, uh, met any of the, the uh, Stutzel or, or Kachak either. Uh, I was in at the rink for uh, treatment to see Jerry one day and met some of the injured guys <laughs> from the, when the team was on the road. Yeah. Uh, but but not uh, uh, Brady and Tim. Uh, so I, I haven't had any discussions, though. Would enough. you like to, to, get a, to get a hold of Brady and uh, have a meeting with him? I think it would be interesting for sure. I would, uh, you know, I, I like the way he conducts himself and the way he plays. And uh, I think he's he's uh, 
definitely the right choice for the captaincy and uh, and and uh, I think he carries himself extremely well. Alfie, uh, that is on Thursday's show. But Pooley, uh, you do see a special person in in that it is Brady Kachuk, who not only um, is a leader, but he can carry this team off. Like he can play the game at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. Is it important to be able to do both? You have to be able to do both. And you don't have to be the best player in the team. You don't have to be the top scorer in the team. But you've got to be you've got to be a significant player. You've got to be a player that can come up clutch at a big time. Um, you simply have to. And that's where it gets a little misleading to say they, you know, brought a significantly older player, say a 34 or 35-year-old in the locker room. If you still can't play, you can't lead in the same way. Like I couldn't the last couple of years in Washington. I had a real good playoffs in my first year in Washington. But if you're not a, a significant player, it's really hard to be a leader. I mean, you can contribute a little bit more on an individual basis than a grab the team basis. But the thing about Brady is he can grab the team. And now, Mark, you haven't had a chance to be between the benches in your broadcast career yet, correct? Um, yeah, you're right. And it'll be interesting when you do get a chance to get down there because I didn't think I'd like it. I didn't think I could see the game well enough. And I thought, well, I'm going to have a hard time following it. I love it down there. And you can see way easier than you can see when you're a coach. You don't have players standing up in front of you all the time and, and you're just in that little cubicle. And the other thing is you're not worried about changing lines and who's up next and looking down the bench and, you know, um, seeing where number, you know, seven is or, you know, deciding who you're going to put up next or why aren't seven and nine ready. Um, but when you're down there, you really see his value. He is He is involved on every single line change i couldn't stop laughing i kept having to turn my mic off because i'm like every single guy that comes off the ice he's involved with and engaged and and then he came off at one point he came off and he really messed something up and one of the assistant coaches brought the ipad down and like 20 seconds later brady had him laughing like the coach on was all wired up and, and he started the conversation and you know like half a minute later I can see the coach he's trying to suppress laughter like he's he's trying to be serious it's like you just get dragged in with a guy like Brady yeah and and that was uh, that's something that I've noticed like he had a couple shifts yesterday I was obviously there and it's the little things that he's doing now and I know he's been doing it for a long time but his ability even just to, just to protect the puck. There was one shift, he had the puck in the corner, and it's so subtle, right? It, you can see it, especially if you've played. The amount of time, like the puck protection under pressure, he had a defenseman on top of him, and he was able to protect the puck from the baseline, like down at the goal line, all the way up to the blue line. You could tell he was tired, but instead of just shoveling it away, he held onto it, he hung onto the puck, allowed his line mates to change, finally rims it back down the wall, he finally gets off, another guy obviously comes on, and they end up scoring. Obviously, he's not on the game sheet. He's not on the score sheet on that specific play, but he's the catalyst that ha- that allowed that play to happen and score. And that's where he's so effective. And I've been saying this now for the last couple of years. And Pooley, you you've seen the game evolve now, where these power forwards, if they have any hockey sense whatsoever, and maybe even a little tad a bit of a scoring touch, they're so effective because you don't have those big lumbering d-men leaning on you anymore so they they've got their pick at the litter now down low in the offensive zone and i see that with brady and that's that's a huge thing that i think he'll be able to capitalize on over the next couple seasons you do forget how big he is until until you're right down there like he's he's a big big kid and he's only going to get bigger and stronger i mean we talked about man strength what's he going to look like 27 or 28 in terms of you know knowing when to use that strength and it's going to be yeah he is going to be you retired at the right time mark for sure yeah no kidding (laughs) (laughs) well you can make an argument that i was pushed out of the league too because i was hobbling around on one leg but but i mean i i watched it and that was another point i was going to bring up was there was a few times yesterday he did have the puck on the wall and there were a couple forwards and there was a player like rasmussen a couple big guys had an opportunity to finish brady they just skated off. You know, they, they curled away from the puck, so to speak. They didn't finish him. That's all that fighting that he did. I know some people didn't enjoy it, but but establishing mm-hmm. himself the way he did over the first few seasons 
no one wants to go near him now. It's incredible. The time and space he has is very impressive. And it's all from that toughness that he brought to the table early on, I think, at least. Yeah, no question. I agree with that. Uh, we're going to move from Brady to his linemate because I want to talk about Josh Norris and the season he's having. Um, that is all brought to you by Boyd Moving, uh, one of our new sponsors. Uh, want better pay, uh, more respect, and more job security. Looking for a career, perhaps? It's time to move to Boyd Moving. If you're an experienced mover, truck driver, or just hardworking go-getter who wants rewarding work, then it's time to turn your job into a career. Competitive rates. Apply today. BoydCareers.ca. Boyd Moving. We keep Ottawa moving, and they will help Meth move his inversion table all weekend. By the way, we haven't spoken about the inversion table. Might as well just get to it right now. Um, apparently, you forgot one key little part of this, Bully, when talking to Meth, and that is not to use it right away. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, and I, and I don't play one. <laughs> um, but it does get past the point of using it. I didn't know exactly what point he was at. So I should have got a better diagnosis before I made the suggestion. I just know what it's meant to me. And but there does, it, it reaches a point where you have to go see your guy. And, but, but from a preventative standpoint, and I think I did use the word preventative in the conversation. So, so we're okay with that. Um, and, it's just something that makes total sense to me and I use it all the time. And, and uh, it's really, and golf is the best sport to watch when you're upside down meth, just so you know, it's really hard to follow hockey, but golf is fine. So with the masters this week, maybe you can get healthy enough to get on it. Matthew, you've muted yourself somehow. Okay. Well, but I, but I heard everything I was going to say, most people probably don't give a shit about this conversation, but I, I have one legitimate question when you're hanging upside down on this thing. Do you yeah. like, how long are you actually upside down and inverted for? I'm usually a 15 to 18 minute guy. What? Okay. The instructions suggests that you use it for three to five minutes. So you're upside down with that blood rushing to your head like a form of torture for 15 to 18 minutes? When's the last time you read instructions and actually abided by them? Like <laughs> Very <seriously>. good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a 15 to 18 minute guy. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to lead anybody right. astray, but I'm a 15 to 18 minute guy. And uh, I usually have, uh, you know, golf on, as I said, and uh, a little time yeah. beside me and, and yeah. just come up slowly and- uh, Are you works. fully inverted? Fully inverted yeah. or 60%? Fully? Fully inverted. You are an animal. Okay. All right. Got it. <laughs> That's why he was the captain of the- I'm an, older, I'm, a, I'm an old guy, man. It takes- Wow. You know what? Every single time I went to the gym, you know, past playing, and I'd be going to the gym, and I've got three daughters. So where are you going, dad? And I would say, do you think this- Blank just happens like <laughs> doesn't just happen. You got to keep working at it. I agree. Uh, That's good advice. Okay. Uh, I want to move into contract talks with Josh Norris, who just hit 30 goals. We got all Ooh. kinds of numbers. We can talk about with Josh Norris in a sec, but Pooley, you're the former uh, director of hockey operations, with the Leafs. You were the GM of the Marlies. You know, this stuff. So should Josh Norris be paid the equal less or more than Brady Kachuk being that he's a third, 30 goal score only 10 times has there been a player with the Ottawa Senators score 30 goals. It's happened 26 times, 10 different players. This is a huge number for a guy that's missed 15 games already. Uh, here's what I like about what their salary structure is. You've got a league salary cap. You've got a team salary cap. It's called a budget. And your big three that you've signed and you'd so recently Shabbat, um, Kachuk and Patterson. Yep. One's a six-year term. One's a seven-year term. One's an eight-year term. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't. You have a range now with Josh Norris, and he's going to be one of your top guys. So first, you decide: is he one of my top guys? Yes, he is. Is he one of the top guys in the league? Yes, he is. Uh, is he capable of holding up both physically and you know? Is there going to be some longevity here? You certainly think that's the case. Um, he's got a unique set as well. So we talked about Brady's unique skill set. Yes, it's playing, but his element is really what separates him. The scoring is what separates Josh Norris, the scoring center. 
And so you've got that. So I think within the parameters of the six, seven, or eight, it doesn't have to be more than Brady. It can be different than Brady. That's the beauty of what you have. It can be a little bit different. It can be maybe a little bit more money, maybe a little bit lower term. It can be, you know, maybe it is a six-year term that you do, and you and you're trying to time things coming out of it as well. But the problem other teams have got into is everybody came in at exactly the same time, everybody got paid at exactly the same time, and they're all measured like so up here that you have yeah. no differentiation and you've got too much money invested in a handful of players or, or you know four players in some cases and so i think ottawa has some flexibility in this because you could go to him and you could say okay here's a six-year option a seven-year option and an eight-year option and still feel comfortable that you're going to be paid within your team structure and within the league structure of what you're worth I mean, it's still the is first he time he's got be... 30. It's not 50. Yep. You know, yep. you, you can project all you want. I don't like projected numbers, though. I, I will. I struggle with, well, he was projected sure. if he were healthy to score. You know, you, you got to do it. You actually got to yeah. do yep. it. I'm with you on that. But I'll put it to you this way. So uh, most goals on the Sens since 2019-20. That is, Brady Kachuk's got 61. Connor Brown has 47, and so does Josh Norris, who did it in 70 fewer games than Connor Brown. And then next is Tim Stutzla at 33. Like, he has done it. It's seemingly on a consistent basis since he's come into the league in that his point per game and goal per game is extremely high. I And his power play goals are obviously half of what of the 30 goals he scored this year. He's just a goal-scoring machine, which we've seen throughout the league, generates you an awful lot of income. It does. I would also say he's done it on a team that hasn't been one of the top teams in the league. And it's gone through a phase of adjustment. It's gone through a phase of growth. And I think that factors in as well. And, you know, I, I think there's a number here. I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's in the Brady range, but the terms might look yeah. a little different. Um, but, but I think you set the bar with Brady. If you said, look, you know, we were just talking about him. We talked about how he's your leader. He's your captain. You know, you've set the bar, and if that's the bar you've set, you know, Josh Norris will have to be comfortable about working not below it, but around it. And I think that's the key there is to show some flexibility and work around it. And, Matthew, you know contract talks and, and Puli. I don't even know if you went through them as well, but do we expect this to be long and contentious because of him being a 30-goal man? Yeah, I, I don't think you go into it thinking that. Um, you know, I go into it selling the player that look, you got a part, you, you got a chance to be a part of something special here. And by the way, it looks like you've got a couple of line mates, one in particular, that you guys can ride together for a long time. And here's another thing, Josh, you don't have to worry about a physical thing when you're on the ice. You never have to worry about the other team intimidating you. You never have to worry about somebody a taking one. a shot and not. You better believe yeah. it. Like, and this is the thing. You find a place that you're comfortable and successful in. And then, and then you're going to leave for, I don't know. I don't know what your expression was, Matt, but our expression was, you know, once you've got a nice pair of jeans and a nice pair of sneakers, you can only wear one pair at a time. Yeah. Okay. So if it's, <laughs> if it's, you know, 7.8 or eight, is that 200? going to affect your production output and the long term of what you do in life like you're going to buy another pair of sneakers and have them sit in a box there and not be able to wear them right now i don't know and that's <laughs> you know? that's interesting no but that's it's a great analogy because when i was going through my contract negotiations with the senators in i don't know was it 2013 or 2014 um i i found the outside voices particularly my agent and it is his job in fairness you know, they were nitpicking. Like he was in my ear every day mentioning, you know, we're still a couple hundred grand off. You know, we got to get a little closer to this number. And in my mind, all I could think was like, okay, you've got a good point, but I'm pretty comfortable right here. I've never seen this kind of money before. Like I'm, I'm happy with that. And, and it was almost the straw that broke the camel's back as far as getting something done, right? Like th that almost broke everything off. And then I had to change agents and it got really messy. So I'm with you. That's a really good point. It's like, 
how much do you actually need? Yes, I understand there's, it's a business and you have to look at the comparables. You don't want to bring the market value down. But at the same time, it's like, how greedy do you really need to be? And you mentioned the external factors of your line mates. How comfortable are you playing with so-and-so and your happiness level? What's it going to look like over the next few years? The, the pressure from the fans, if you sign a bigger ticket somewhere else where they're a little more unfamiliar with you. So there are a lot of factors, but I totally agree with that assessment. And that leads me into my one question with you, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but as far as the defense goes, with Zaitsev now and a couple other players, you've got Hamannick in here, Delzato, Holden, you've got a couple older players, then you've got Jake Sanderson coming into the fold. What's this decor going to look like with this supposed internal budget, Pooley? I mean, how do you how do you manage that over the summer? And I, I don't know how much you can give us here, but I, I, I can't figure this out. I'm not a numbers guy. So what is... Who who's your top pairing guy right now? There's one clear. It's Thomas Shabbat. Right. Who is his partner? Well, no one knows. Is it, is right? It, is it Zub? Is it Artem Zub? It, like it sure looks like it could be Zub. And it so should the way be. that's configured right. right there, yeah, it should be. Um, but your featured guy is still Shabbat. And Sanderson, you don't have to think about for three years, and you control him for eight years. That's a long time. Good. So, Good point. you know, at, for sure, you don't have to worry about him for three years. Um, and the other pieces is who fits best. And and then you go sequentially, okay, then I've got to have a number four. Now, Hamannick, there was a lot of discussion about him when he came in. And so maybe he's a guy that wasn't quite in the right place, neither Calgary or Vancouver. And now yeah. maybe we're seeing the New York Islander Hamannick back, and he's more comfortable and... You know, it's funny because when I was, I was a free agent once in my career and we got it down to six teams. We went to six different teams and we said, will you pay this over two years? All six teams said yes. And so we said, okay, we got the right price. Now we just got to pick where we went. Well, one of the choices was Quebec. And you might think like, why is a guy who was in Boston thinking about going to Quebec? <laughs> well, part of the conversation was, we looked at raising the kids in, in that culture. Now, that sounds strange in 1993, but I have three daughters today that are totally fluent in French. Two of them were French majors in college. Um, one of them is also fluent in multiple languages. She's fluent in Italian, she's fluent in Russian. And so it's just this crazy thing that that was a family aspect of what I looked at back then. So does Travis Hamannick want to be in a role in a city that fits what he is most comfortable with in a role right. that he's most comfortable with? And if he plays at his absolute best um, and performs better than he has over the last couple of years, then he's a good fit in the four hole. And, you know, and he could be like, he looks fine to me. Um, yes, he does. You know, he looks comfortable and, and that's key. Yeah. Now you're going to put him, potentially with a better player too. Like you're going to put him with a Jake Sanderson or a Thomas Chabot, however it pairs yeah. out. And then from there you want, you know, Nick Holden is your, you know, your safe, sure, you know, your, your five, six, seven, I think can be a little bit of everything. And you've got yeah. some choices. I mean, you really hope that a Lassie Thompson imposed himself or, uh, you know, a JVD right. imposed themselves. Like, is it really up, you know, management can sit with their books and sit with their, hey, I can only explain to you what's happened with your goalie situation. As much as you thought going in last year, your goalie situation was defined, a guy came in here and played better than anybody else. And now he's in the mix. And that's yeah. Anton Forsberg. They just imposed himself. That's what you want these guys to do, Meth. You want these defense, the names there, you want them to give you no choice. It's right. not up to management or the coaches. It's up to the players. But if you have enough good players and you don't have some names in there, some of the young names in there that I'm thinking about, like I think Tyler Clevin's going to play. I don't know when. It might be three years from now. But he's a big physical kid. I think he's going to play. And, yeah. you know, and, and I'm getting glowing reports on him. But albeit potential, not there yet. And so now you've got enough – but what if you go into the market? What if you if you go into the market and somebody becomes available and thinks they fit here, just as I thought I fit in Quebec back then. And Quebec wasn't very good, but all of a sudden they were Colorado, 
and they were winning championships. So I wasn't far off. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I knew how hard it was to cover Joe Sackick. I was smart enough to know that. Um, so, you know, you, you hope you get in some situations like that. Yeah. So, so essentially, and, and this is sort of along the lines of what I've been preaching for a little while now too, with players like Branstrom and some of these other young fellas that have been coming into the team, they have to knock the door down, right? Like you, you, yeah. you can't just be catered to, you have to make it a no brainer for the coaching staff and the organization that you belong there. So are you essentially suggesting that this all will probably likely be up for grabs in training camp? Like, so those exhibition games will be incredibly important for some of these younger defensemen like Thompson and JBD, where they have to come in and knock it down? As will the next 16 games of the year for a couple of them. Yeah. Um, you know, that's going to determine. You ask me what's important in the Ottawa Senators season. Well, they're 3-1-1 one, and one in the last five. They're a nice little, you know, start to a roll. Why not go on a terrific roll and have guys play really well? Like, yeah. if I'm in that locker room, I go, hey, let's make management's decisions miserable. Let's make life so hard I on agree. them. Because too many of us are playing well. Like, wouldn't that be a nice thought? Yeah, it's a good problem to have for sure. And that would be – so so with, like, an Eric Branstrom, and I, I, Pooley, and I don't know how much you've been watching him because I know you cover a lot of games and a lot of teams. Uh, have you been paying attention to his game at all in the last little while? And, and where do you f- see him fitting, especially with Sanderson coming in? It's been a hot topic in the fan base here lately. Like, what's going on with that player? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, you've got a left shot, first of all, and you project that both – Shabbat and Sanderson will be ahead of him. And I know he's been tried on the right side. Um, but physically, go back to Hanlon, Brady, Kachuk in front of the net. Um, you can have one smaller D if he's elite. I don't think you can have two or three. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think you only have to go. And, and maybe you can at parts during the regular season. But boy, oh boy, there's a reason Montreal went as deep as they did last year, Meth. They were beating up everybody in front of that net. I mean, they have a great goaltender, but you couldn't get there. You couldn't get there. Totally agree. You just couldn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. Joel Edmondson's a monster physically. He's probably the least yeah. talked about out of Weber, Petrie, and and Sherrod. But, you know, um, you still got to have some bulk back there. And, and maybe it shines out through more in the playoffs because you can get away with a little bit more in the playoffs but you still better have some size. That's never going to change because of Tom Wilson and Brady Kachuk and, you know, the bulk you can get with occasional teams that you run into. Hey, Calgary's going to be a handful this year in the playoffs. I agree. And and you look at at their third pairing, you know, a player you know well from Ottawa and Eric Goodbranson and and, uh, Zadarov. Zadarov? Zadarov. I mean, those guys are monsters. I mean, Huge. they're monsters, and yeah. they're going to be a, yeah. you know, you're going to have Milan Lucic running you up front, and you got you got a big physical bunch of guys there. So they're going to be a handful in the West this year. Yep, well said. Uh, I have, we're all over, I think we're on page five, but I have one more Sens guy I want to get to, and that <laughs> is Tim Stutzla. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, by the way, it's brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc., Spring just around the corner that means time to start landscaping you need some landscape stone aggregate maybe thinking of redoing the driveway well give bonisher excavating a call competitive pricings on your landscape needs give them uh, a show 613-432-1120 or go to bonisherexcavating.com bei helping to shape the ottawa valley um pulley we talked about josh norris also right behind him is tim stutzla there are whispers in the organization and maybe they're actually large bigger than whispers that tim stutzla will be the best of kachuk batherson norris uh, or Stutzla, like, do you foresee Tim Stutzla being the best of that four group uh, in about a couple of years? Um, I, there's a chance in total offensive package. Maybe not pure goal scoring. Maybe that be Norris. Maybe not pure all-round player, four checks, smash you, net front, bang it in. That could be Brady Kachuk. But in terms of skill, combining passing, shooting, speed, yeah, I, I think there's a chance of that for sure. And if that happens, boy, oh boy, that'll be fun to watch. And, and, and how it pieces together and who plays with whom. But you're seeing that player grow. And you also have to factor in, you know, he's played, he played in the DL before he came over, which meant he was playing way up, okay? You know, he was, what, 17 playing in the DEL, maybe 16 playing in the DEL. 
And that's yep. fine, but it doesn't let you dominate your own age group. He's just starting to play against guys that are younger than him now for the first time in forever. Mm. Like, wouldn't Timmy Stutzel line up when he sees, I don't know, a 19-year-old defenseman? He's like, man, I'm older than that guy. <laughs> and so I just think, I think the upside for the ability to try things, and if you're going to say the breadth, the breadth of his potential skill set, could be the widest for sure for sure yeah like i i i think it's possible he might be the most valuable sends forward in a couple of seasons like if there's one guy to, that could you're be. not going to want to see out of the lineup it might very well be tim stutzla absolutely and it's funny because uh, 71 points, was saying that he didn't want to he didn't want to project anybody we're asking him for stutzla's <laughs> projection but 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 it's but it's true though like you don't you don't really know like you know what he is but you know, Josh yeah. Norris is your 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 goal scoring two way forward, very responsible and smart in his own end. Stutzla is sort of that wild card where uh, his second effort on pucks, it's really starting to shine through now. Where if there is a turnover, he's working his bag off to get back and try to tr create another turnover. I just don't know what that's going to look like in a couple seasons. And to Pooley's point from earlier, what are his, who are his line mates? Right, like who's the guy yeah. that can really complement him? That's going to be important. I can't speak to that as much. I'm not a forward. But to me, it's incredibly important to have another perhaps skilled guy that can kind of keep up with them, right? That can play back and forth catch with them and, and create that offense. Yeah, and that'll be fun to see who that is and how that develops. Um, but, but, you know, and, there, and there's a couple of players that I think are going to factor in, but I think they're going to be in a little bit different role and, and it'll be somewhere down in the third line area in that Shane Pinto and Ridley Gregg. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. And I've seen enough, you know, I was a Pinto guy right from day one, but because everybody that I knew from the college world was telling me I better be a Pinto guy. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, I, I think I might've done his first or second game um, against Montreal and I, I couldn't have been more impressed. And, and I think, you know, you're going to plug that guy in and it's going to push people around, but you're going to see, you know, what fits and is Batherson Kachuk, and Norris, the set thing, you know? Norris, too, one more thing, guys. Um, when you're doing something and everybody knows you're going to do it, that's pretty cool. And that one-timer yeah. <laughs> from that area. Yeah. So it's 1-1 one, one on Friday night, and I'm watching – or no, Thursday night, and I'm oh, – I don't even know what day it is. Friday night. And I'm watching the, the Detroit game, and, and Mystic Mike Johnson, you know, at 1-1 one, one in the third period, Otto gets a power play, and Mystic Mike says – Good time for someone to find a passing scene to Josh Norris for that one timer. Thirty seconds later, it <laughs> happens. So yeah. now, I totally understand that Mystic Mike knew it was going to happen, but the Detroit Red Wings should have known it was going to happen, and yeah. it still happens. And when that happens, when you're good enough to execute, and then and then once they shut that down, then a little pop into Brady and out to Batherson in the slot. And exactly. Now you've got weak side Batherson right side below the goal line, which is a threat because now it's a one-timer straight up to Stutzla. So the right pieces are falling into place. And I don't, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to in terms of lines, but we're seeing enough on the power play with that mix of guys. They'll figure it out. I'd like the challenge yeah, so. of putting the lines together. Yeah. Absolutely, because there's been – I mean, we saw uh, Joseph play on the top line and Drake Batherson move down to play with Tim Stutzla on Sunday. Like, there are options, that, and I think that they would like to get, perhaps, Stutzla and Batherson together to create another pair. As Jacques Martin would do this all the time, and I know coaches do it. You probably did it at Notre Dame. It was always about pairing, and then you would always plug in mm -hmm. a third person on that line. You just wanted the pairs, right? And that's what Jacques would always Very do. Very much so. And I can see them moving Batherson down to play with Tim Stutzla, for sure. Yep. Yeah, it'd be, it would be a nice option. And, you know, and Matthew Joseph, real quickly, it's been a nice addition. I mean, you know his speed oh. and a little bit of swagger coming in. Two teams, official credit for one cup, but there for two yep. of them. And with a lot of those guys in the minors in Syracuse, and, you know, he comes in and says, oh, I can do more. I can do more than I was asked to do in Tampa because, you know, they have higher-end players like, Kucherov and Stamkos, and, and, but I can contribute more. And so far, you talk about guys grabbing it, there's a classic example of a guy just grabbing it. No one handed him anything. He just said, yep. I can do more. Yeah. He just, he just had his first career hat trick, his first career four-point game, first career three-assist game, and he just played a career-high 20.07. Like, 
how good was life if you're Matthew Joseph right now coming well, into a new team so where you're trying to secure right a spot in the lineup and just want the only the only like thing you? to that point and and Pooley can touch on this too obviously and I mentioned it anytime a player ends up in a new organization right off the heels of a trade between your adrenaline and your unfamiliarity you're just hyper focused things tend to just go your way you're seeing it with Nick Paul right now you're seeing it with Joseph mm -hmm. you're seeing it with Hamannick there's no coincidence it's sustaining that, right? Like like when when all of a sudden you come back down to earth and you're a little more relaxed, can you keep that output out there? And that's going to be the challenge mm -hmm. for him. I don't think people should expect the point production from Joseph to be sustainable. But, I mean, if he can continue to provide a lot of energy and speed, he'll be effective. I think that's, that's more or less what I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. No there's question. a fear, no matter how old you are. I mean, I was 31 when I went to Boston, and there's a fear. Like you walk in the 100%. locker room with Cam Neely and Ray Bork, and you're like, okay, I know I was a long time <laughs> captain of the Flyers, but holy jeez, I, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. you look back over your shoulder and a face off in the offensive zone, number 77's back there, and he's like, I like it right here. And I'm like, you think I'm that good on the face off? <laughs> holy smokes. <laughs> oh, but it is great. a fear, and it's a healthy fear. It's healthy. It really yeah. is. It is. That's well said. Okay, uh, we need we have a debate coming up. Uh, this is the hot topic in the NHL right now. That's the Trevor Zegras, Jay Beagle, Troy Terry incident that happened between Arizona and Anaheim. Uh, I can I bet you I already know Meth's take, but I want the voice of reasons take, and that is Pooley. Can you tell me uh, what you think of this whole entire incident? And of course, obviously Tyson Nash being part of it by saying uh, they don't want to skill it up. Yeah, my guess is if you went back to Tyson Nash right now, he'd change what he said. That's my just my guess. No, because it attracted so far too much attention. He just did an interview with the Arizona Coyotes, basically, and said, "I should have said hot dog it up," and that. So he basically doubled oh, he's down. Doubling like, down. Not really he's doubling down. Mind. Yes. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, so I don't. I don't I, consider it hot yeah. dogging. I. That's still. That's way more than I ever imagined. Uh, having for myself, so I can't comment on it from that standpoint. Um, I don't like what Jay Beagle did. I think, I th you know, I was a recipient very early in my career. I fought a guy that was way, way, way too tough. And he hit me once and stopped. Because he figured out right away, this kid had no clue what he's doing. And, and yes. he did in a fight. Oh. Now he, he did, he cut me bad, and, and, but he hit me and he stopped right away. And I would have preferred that out of Beagle. I don't know, like, I think that was more frustration, five nothing, um, digging in on the goaltender. And, and that's what it was for me with Beagle more than it was the goal. I mean, sure. Yep. To me. But I agree. He cross checks and that's fine. Now, I'm going to say if I'm Troy Terry, too, the young guys have to come in more prepared for what might happen. You don't come in smiling with your head up into a scrum, like, at all, ever. You come in prepared. And in a worst-case scenario, okay, if he hits me once, I'm grabbing him and he's, he's not doing that to me because, you know, uh, Troy Terry – He's what twenty five years old. He's not nineteen years old, so oh, exactly. he's been in scrums before. You got to go in expecting the worst. You got to know it's five nothing for you. You got to know you've embarrassed them, and I don't mean embarrass them because your skills better. You've you've kicked the crap out of them in the game, and and just yeah. from those points alone, you know you're dealing with a frustrated guy in Beagle. Should Beagle have let up after one? For me, he should have. And to me, he knows what's going on there, and and maybe he says he. You know, he pushed it too far there. Um, also, he's got – I looked right away to see if Anaheim plays Phoenix again this year, and they don't. Because um, my old-fashionedness said, okay, well, what will happen then? But it's, yep. it's not going to. So I, I think – I don't have a problem – I don't have a problem at all with what Trevor Zegers brings to the game in terms of his skill level, guys. I, yeah. I envy that. I think it's tremendous. And you know what? If you don't want him to do that – don't let him do it. Um, yeah. Play hard against him. If he goes around behind the net, you've got to be there to meet him coming out the other side. But yep. to say he does it and, you know, he embarrassed you, well, play better. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you on that. See, and and my, only, my, my only qualm with it, my only issue, 
and and we can disagree with Nash's comments. Like I I, I get that. I'm not even going to comment on another commentator. That's he can say whatever he wants. But I didn't like people going after Beagle. That was my issue when with the video. Mm-hmm. If you're ter- like okay, it's a very subtle cross check. It's not a it's not an egregious mm-hmm. cross check. We see it. It it almost looks like he's debating on even cross-checking him but he does because egress goes gets his nose in there and jabs at the goalie yep my wires are crossing if a player does that to me at a one nothing game never mind five nothing so beagle standing there and troy terry decides to jump in on a scrum like did did, did troy terry expect to have a little dance with them and just cuddle up and hug them like you ha- you mentioned it right there so i don't want to be too repetitive but you need to be prepared if you're going to jump into a scrum. If you don't want to get shit kicked, stay out of the scrum and you won't be okay. worse for the wear. Then, so, so, then, but I do agree. If you, I mean, if you're Beagle, okay, maybe let up a little bit, maybe, but in the heat of the moment, not everybody has the peace of mind. Like you tangled probably with a tough guy that had been in a million scraps. Beagle was in like what? Nine career NHL fights. He doesn't have the, the mind to just stop in the middle of it when a guy's coming at him. So you know, I didn't like the Beagle slander. That really bothered me. Everyone's calling for his head. Yeah. Not everybody, but a lot. They were hypercritical of him. Uh, you know, direct your anger at Nash, maybe. But even then, it's like, it's it's why, how this became this big controversial incident is beyond me. I because mean, it's hockey it's a scrum. culture. It's a, con- it's a hot... And I saw some turkey reporter, I'm not going to mention his name, was like, <laughs> it's toxic masculinity. I'm like, it's a contact sport. We all want toxic masculinity out of our out of our extracurricular no. lives outside of the arena. But like, what the fuck? This is hockey. It's a contact so, sport. How, anyway, I'm going to go on a long rant you see in football? How many how many fights do you see in football? That's a contact sport. Well, well, it's no, not part they of the get game. ejected. That's disingenuous. Yeah, and that's I right. think it's, 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 the it's so the, leaving. No, it, it is leaving the game of hockey, Wally. Fighting is leaving the game. It's going to leave, and the best way for it to leave is organically. It might take five years. It might take 10 years. Kids aren't fighting on the way up now. It's less and less yep, and less. I agree. And it will yep. leave. Rather than mandate it out, I think that's the way it has to leave. Yeah. I, I just, the only problem I have is if you're trying to sell this game, and I'm going to use kids, and I'll be blamed as the soft guy, showing an assault on the ice, which is basically what that was, because Troy Terry had no part of being part of it after you hit him once is that's the problem and that's the hockey culture well, side where everybody's going wow but it's hockey you have well, to deal with it you don't have blame to blame terry punched in the why face is, what is terry doing then why are you why are you beelining it so, to a player so jay then? beagle you, can't doing? stop throwing one punch jay beagle is so enraged wally have you been in a fight himself. i've been in a few fights yes and when you're in it once you're thinking about it you don't want to be embarrassed all your thing, you're not, you don't get hurt in a fight typically, unless you get a concussion, of course. And I'm not advocating for fighting. I'm just saying when you're in the moment, like you can't, not everybody has the mind to be like, okay, I've, I've, I've hit you twice. I'm going to stop now. So let's collectively just back off. It doesn't work that way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can see that part of it, you know, and we're assuming Beagle didn't know who it was. Um, I think it's just taking the frustration of, it just yeah. is, yeah. you know, and, 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 and as I said earlier, and, and you repeated because the most valid point is if you're going in that scrum, you're, you're protecting yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'm going in and I'm grabbing them, but I'm not allowing myself to be hit there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm making just sure like, I can I, grab yeah, you tight enough. Yeah, exactly. Just seatbelt them, seatbelt them. And then you're fine. And you're, and, but that's 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 my only point. I'm not saying that that I want to watch UFC on ice. I was not a fighter. I like I know that. I just I'm just saying that if you're going to get into a scrum, you got to be willing to pay the piper if it doesn't go your way. Like that's just the part of it. You're engaging with another player in a moment that's heated. It's going to happen. So anyway, I well the beauty I know of the teams that I played you know, for, Meth. The beauty of the teams <laughs> I played for is after seeing me fight a couple times, my own guy said, "Yeah, don't." Uh, don't do that because we have a, we have a That's reputation fair. to uphold and we th- and everybody thinks we're really tough and you decry that so don't do that yeah you're not good at it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome uh, uh, last question we have for you Pooley. uh Keith Yandel's Ironman streak. This is another one that was a hot yeah. button topic because people think he should be allowed to play to a thousand games. If he's not capable of playing, I don't think he should be in the lineup. He's already got the Ironman streak. This whole, to me, that I don't play in the game, so I'll allow you two to have this conversation, is 
I don't believe you have to be allowed to play in the game to get to a thousand just because it's a nice round number. I think that he should have probably been yeah, missing I, a few games well before this. So Pooley, you can tell me your thoughts. A few, a few different thoughts on this. Number one, um, at some point in his career, and I don't know when it was, it might've been 400 games when he was just the, the longest active player. And he was a candidate to be scratched at, at yes. some point and the streak kept him alive. And then the streak yes. became bigger when he was the longest all time. And then it was the streak. And believe me, if a team buys you out of multi-million dollars like Florida did, at some point he was a conversation to be scratched before that. And the streak yes. kept him alive. I don't believe that. Media pressure. I don't believe you. I don't believe you just get to play. It's too hard a job, and there's too many guys. You know that that you just don't get to play because of the streak. And I think the streak became bigger than the player. I really do. And I don't. At some point, so he signs a contract for nine hundred grand to go to Philly. Was a conversation had at any point between management and the player? Look, this doesn't mean you're going to get to play in every game. Like, it doesn't. We're not bringing you in as a main cog here. We're bringing you in because we can afford you and you bring something. And I know by all accounts, I don't know Keith Yano, by all accounts, he's a great guy, great locker room guy, all that. You just don't yep. get to play. You just yep. don't get to play. No, I, I, I'm with Pulley on that. I, I, I really, and I, I, don't, I don't want to sound insensitive, but it's like, what about the other young player or young prospect or whoever's sitting out in your, you know, like that's who I'm focused on. It's you're taking an mm -hmm. opportunity away from a young kid who might be more deserving of being in the lineup. So uh, I know Yandel, and I'm going to repeat what, what Pooley said. I know everyone's big fan of Keith Yandel. He's a very likable player and guy off the ice. And I know there's been some strong opinions floating around out there from other outlets but i'm i'm with you uh, you need to deserve that's that's part of the beauty like was doug jarvis catered to like that like like some of these old school guys that were able to yeah, get these that's a good question alive, right like i don't know yeah that's a good question late in his career if he was and i i don't know what the answer to that is so, um gary unger was the one before that right and, exactly and he will tell you that he earned every game he played in and it gets to a point where you, you that's not it's not what the business is you can't it's not because you know, if it was about great guys, there's a lot of great guys. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot of great a lot. guys. Yeah, like yep. I'd love to still be yep. playing, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. All right. Wally um, might be in the league. Are you <laughs> <laughs> no, now you've gone too far. Um finally, Kansas UNC tonight. Who is your pick to win uh the final four? It's UNC, um, because when I worked at Notre Dame we had this group of athletics directors and this is a crazy, crazy story guys, because Kevin White was our athletics director and he went on to be commissioner of the ACC under him in a, in a fairly brief period of time. I'm going to say within a seven year period, I worked closely with the athletic directors that are now at Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina state, Penn State, Stanford, Marquette, Auburn, and I'm missing some. Those people had athletic directors at all those schools. So Bubba Cunningham is a close friend and is at North Carolina. So I'm giving Bubba Cunningham the nod. He was a regular golf partner of mine. Um, and it's crazy the group of people that went on to be head athletic directors at other institutions from one small Catholic school in the Midwest. Neat. All right. Um, by the way, you can go to uh, sportsinteraction.com and vote for, or make, place your bets for that tonight. Uh, Pooley, we appreciate you stopping by. I've always enjoyed these conversations. Uh, we'll get into more heated topics again the next time you come on. You just send me a text. I will clear the schedule. <laughs> Thanks, Pooley. <laughs> I mean, should I sign it, Roger Clemens? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if you get Roger Clemens on, I may bump you. Have a great day, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Talk boy. to you soon. Uh, there goes Dave Poulin, who's on uh, obviously on TSN and it's on TSN Radio, and of course he writes for the Toronto Star. He's a fantastic individual. Uh, lots to talk yeah. about. We actually didn't get through everything today, Meth, as always. Um, one thing I want to point out uh, before we let you go, and that is uh, most wins in a season by a goalie because Anton Forsberg's been so good. 
He is one win away from uh, tying Craig Anderson for the most wins since 1819. Uh, that's what? how good he's been, and he's a backup. Yeah. No. So Craig Anderson, since 1819, has the most wins in one season at 17, and Anton Forsberg has 16. Wow. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't know so, that. I, I, I figured Andy would have had more wins, I guess. Wow. That's impressive stat. Yeah. Injuries and stuff, obviously, to Andy through some of that and, and whatnot, and I think uh, a couple of bad seasons. But um, to see Anton Forsberg be the guy that people are like, we need, you know, we don't have room for him, and Gus is the guy, and yeah. all this, uh, he certainly cemented himself as an invaluable piece in this organization how, for how, sure. How many games, Wally? I don't, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah. How many now games played in comparison to that other season that Andy had, the good one? Who's played more games? Yeah. Would that have been Andy? I'm assuming. I, I don't have the because 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 Forsberg Forsberg hasn't played that much, has he? Like anyway, that's 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 something I'm interested in because I had no idea that Forsberg was knocking on that door. But that just well goes to show you how kind yeah, of polarizing our seasons were when Andy was here and we had a different group. So yeah, like. The last goalie to so Andy won twenty three games in seventeen eighteen, uh, and the yeah. last goalie before that to win twenty games in a season was Andrew Hammond, who won uh, obviously the twenty games when he was uh, in twenty fourteen fifteen and just twenty three starts. Like, okay, really, I just wanted to point out that Anton Forsberg's season has been extremely good, despite all the challenges that he's probably had to so face good. Uh, with. Yep with this group so far so um yeah, that's it yeah, we'll uh we will see you when uh thursday is the big interview thursday. with alfie one thing i do want to point out we did ask about ownership he does answer the question uh there was a couple other things about whether or not he wants to be part of the organization again all that stuff coming up on thursday a uh, fantastic interview with a pretty good pretty good guy that i think most of us uh, have met before uh yeah he, you know, he's the greatest player to ever play for the Ottawa senators that's on Thursday. Uh, until then, uh, thanks to Dave Pooley. Uh, Matt, good to see you as always. That's the Wally Thought Show. Take care. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 